Hey everybody, I'm Ben Rikosh, sitting here next to Soren Povasils, and this is Paper Thin Thoughts. We, short-sighted, ill-advised, thought-provoking dimwits, speak our truths about trending topics that we experience in our daily lives. This week, we had a conversation with producer Dave Stipe, followed by a draft of who we want on our podcast, Living or Dead. It was so much fun, and we really hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much all right everybody we are thrilled to welcome in a very exciting guest this week producer extraordinaire mr dave stipe dave thank you so much for taking the time to join us for this episode thank you for having me on and for a uh, uh title bump that was probably not how i would describe myself either but i appreciate it thank you for having me on all right so up to you. What would you describe your job as? Because I, as I know it, you do so many different things. What do you do? Producer is definitely a word that I would use for my job description. The extraordinaire. I, I, w- I would carry a little more humility with me to the, to the title. That, w- that would be it. Um, no, I'm a, I'm a uh, sound engineer and a musician and a producer of uh, lots of different things. I produce uh, music and recording studios with bands. I produce shows. I produce podcasts. I produce radio broadcasting for live sporting events. I do lots of different things. That's awesome. And what would you say, who or what got you into the whole podcasting production business? Into podcasting production business? Um, I mean, like most things kind of in the professional world of sound engineering and music for me is like I've kind of just fell hind ways backwards into it in that um, I had a friend of mine who worked at Charlotte Radio Group um, who was a producer and a on on air talent, and he had an idea about podcasting like long before Apple Podcasts was big, long before Spotify, I think, was even in the U.S. And he just knew that podcasting was going to be a thing, and so he kind of started a little little podcasting network thing in Charlottesville, and he hired me to do all of the recording and editing and producing of that stuff with him. So he was bringing in clients to build podcasts about a number of different topics, really cool stuff. Um, and then that's kind of what turned me onto the podcasting world. I thought it was, cu- I, I was, I was like yeah. podcasting curious around like 2011 is what I'll say. Yeah. Gotcha. So then, you've, yeah, you've been around the podcast world for a while. What has it evolved to and from since you first got into it? I would say it evolved from a small niche storytelling medium into a, large-scale niche storytelling medium. Um, I, for me, the beauty of podcasting is you're allowed to build your own niche audience and, and yep. build a podcast with your own audience of interest. And it gets much more refined, and especially if you're following podcasts that are like expert-driven on certain topics in certain fields. It helps you. It's like... At, at times, it can be like college-level graduate courses that that, are, that you study, and like yeah. you know, if you're into history podcasts or you're into like long government podcasts, like I'm a big fan of all of those things. I'm neither anyone who works in law or government or politics, but I, like I, I'm, or, or you know, I'm not a history teacher, but these are just my personal interests, yeah. and I feel like it's like a way for me to continue learning and learning from people that are much smarter than I am and fields that they are experts on. So from like an informational standpoint, I like that. But then it's also the best podcasts are really about storytelling. I think the way that you can communicate that information through stories is what's most fascinating and important to me. Um, Sure. Yeah. So you're a podcast expert, I would say. (laughs) For the listeners, do you have any good recommendations 
So one of my favorite, uh, and, and what you're talking about too, is like a series or a season-driven podcast series. Um, and there's a few that I that I love and, and follow. Um, but one of my favorite ones ever was called Winds of Change. Um, there's a uh, metal band from the 80s, a hair metal band called the Scorpions, the Scorps. They had a power ballad hit called Winds of Change. Uh, this is a band that was from Germany, and so they were a part of the, the, the Cold War era um, in the, through the 80s and the collapse of the Berlin Wall and the Soviet Union. And so the whole story was that you know uh, Klaus Meine, who was the front man for Scorpions, wrote the song Winds of Change about just the changing ideals of, of you know, in democracy in Eastern Europe. Huh. Um, but then there's a conspiracy theory wrapped around it that the oh. CIA was involved in the writing of the song winds of change because they were doing influence campaigns back then too and so it's an entire like i can't remember how many episodes it is like 10 or 12 episodes of a whole series about like can we go improve that the song winds of change was actually written by the cia and there's so many connections that they don't necessarily answer the question but they kind of answer the question but it's it's a really it's a really really intriguing understanding of uh, the overall the whole series of that podcast is a really intriguing understanding of just like how pop culture plays a role in societies at large and how that and how that role can actually influence people's that's opinions a, of the world. That's really cool, especially given the nature of how podcasts have influenced pop culture, politics, society in recent years. Um, so that's definitely worth checking out. What is it called again, just for the listeners? It's called Winds of Change, and uh, it's I think it's on the Crooked Media Podcasting Network. Um, but if you just type Winds of Change into whatever your podcasting platform is that you use, it'll definitely pop up there. And it's a really, really cool. It's, you know, because it's like a little, like, it's a little American pop culture and 80s rock and roll. And it's a little, like, espionage and intrigue surrounding the, the, the Cold War era kind of kind of yeah. global politics. Like, it's it's both, like, a little Tom Clancy and a little rock and roll at the same time, which awesome. is pretty cool. Nice. Um, kind of shifting gears here. Yeah. Here's a kind of a fun question. What has been your favorite project to be a part of in podcasting, whether it's through travel, food, or meeting up with a famous celebrity, or just any adventure in, in general? I mean, I, like you're at, I don't necessarily have like a glamorous story to like really attach that to. Um, or like what's a big accomplishment that you've gone through? Like just if you've had a celebrity or a big project that you're pushing through well I, th- I feel like um i i produce a uh podcast with john mclaughlin and luther maddie who are two former uh, NF- uh nfl football players and virginia tech Hokies, and it is very much a uh hokey podcast but the way that that just came around I, mean, I know there's a bunch <laughs> of uva fans here too i also work for virginia's football and basketball team and i straddle that fence with with pride and dignity <laughs> Um, I don't know how you do it. I I guess I I think that one provides me a lot of cool, like, because that one was really born out of, like, me doing sports radio broadcasting where I would go on the road with uh, Virginia's football and basketball team or Virginia Tech's football and basketball team, and it took me to the ACC tournament. It took me to bowl games and the ACC championship game uh, for for football and stuff. And that that podcast really did kind of grow out of that. 
because we were just thinking about how we can be doing sports media differently. And we, I really wanted it to come from, like, I love the, I love, I'm an NBA fan, so I love the podcast, all the smoke. And so for me, it was just like, let's take that kind of an idea, but really make it hyper niche into Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech athletics. And let's get what player perspectives are, what the way that players talk about game film, the way that players like, will debrief a game, you know what I mean? Like, I want to know not the coach speak version, not the let me sit in front of a podium in front of a press conference where you got to kind of toe the line on stuff. I wanted to just, like, really hear what real conversations about what it was like being a, being a football player, at, like, through through Division One college athletics and then going into the NFL. Like, what was that experience like? Sure. And so we're on season two of that. So I think I'm pretty proud of the fact that, like, yeah. started as an idea, started as just a small idea, pitched it to the guys, took a year for them to kind of come around on it, and then we started doing it, and now here we are. We're on season two of this thing. And, That's you know, it's, it's, it's cool watching something you make get a few thousand downloads every month. You know, yeah. it's cool. Definitely. Literally us. Yep. So speaking of travels, you mentioned that you went to ACC tournaments, yep. bowl games, things like that. Yeah. If you had to pick a dream podcast or recording location. Oh, yeah. Anything in the world fictional non-fictional anything in the world podcast be, be as, location. Okay. Be as yeah. creative as you want <laughs> well i mean I'll, I'll i'll do one that's kind of more realistic and can probably be accomplished based which is um one of my favorite things about traveling with acc sports and particular acc basketball teams is like you get into the cities and the towns of where they are and like i really try to do a lot of like let me get into the culture i was looking for local food i was looking for local music venues or just wherever it could go to like hang out i was always go for like a long run where i'd have to get like go find out what the city was really like and i think it'd be cool to do a podcast just about like traveling with an acc basketball team and just yeah. hear what that whole thing would be like and then the acc tournament is actually one of my favorite events i get to do all year long like it's just it's the people that go to it, like the fans that are there, the teams that are there, it's just all ACC basketball. It is just, it's the best. It's an incredible event. It's super cool. Yep. So I think that, like, that is one that I've been actually like, I want to do this podcast. I'm thinking about how I can do this podcast. Actively working on this one right now. Yes. Um, but the if I had to do like a big giant one, yeah. Okay. Here's another like. This is one I dream about, but like I would love to do it like a music festival podcast where you just we do a whole summer series where we just go to music festivals like the big ones, Bonnaroo, All Good, all like just a, uh, uh, Austin City Limits Festival, which is happening like just over this course weekend. And I think this whole week coming up, like I want to go to these big music festivals and just do podcasting from them and have music segments that we pull in and interviews with artists, interviews with club owners and venue owners. And like the the I, I want to get more of the story of like. I'm really fascinated not just about experience. I love documentaries. Like this is my whole thing is I love documentaries about how things get made because the thing itself is very interesting to me, but the way the thing got made is fascinating to me. Experience the culture and the people behind that culture instead of yeah, just, you know, experiencing what you are mm -hmm. quote unquote there to be there for. I did a thing with uh my company Rockfish Music used to do uh, a lot of work with Lock and Music Festival and we did some stuff like this with them for a few years where like we would go and do like little video snippets of just some of the shows from backstage or go up to like the barbecue spot and just chat with the guy uh, you know the guy from Barbecue Exchange who was doing all the barbecue at Lock in that year and just do video stuff and interview stuff with him about like why that barbecue in Virginia is important and like that's the kind of stuff that's like I want to get behind the scenes a little bit more in like these big live events 
and like show that kind of stuff off. And I think a podcast series on that would be really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Final question. Hit me. Um, it's very random. It's just out there. All right. What is a spot you would recommend in your home city of Boston to eat? It's not technically your home city, but just call it that. No, uh, no. I mean, I identify with it most of all. Yes, I mean, uh, for like for everybody who's listening, I'm from New England. I kind of grew up in right outside of Boston in New Hampshire and Providence, Rhode Island. But Boston is definitely like my home city for sure. Pats fan, Sox fan, Celtics all of the fan. Boston sports fans. Everybody mm. hates me. I'm good with it. We're gonna win an NBA ring this year. I'm very happy about it all right now. Um, that's a conversation for a different day, but go yeah, ahead. We'll talk about that once we get closer to like through, <laughs> through the winter time. Um, favorite spots in Boston. I mean, I, I grew up in Italian food and so the North end of Boston has the best Italian food there is. Um, but also in the North end of Boston, uh, there's a little, uh, pub and bar that, uh, is called the green dragon that dates back to the American revolution. And literally, like, this is the pub where Paul Revere and Sam Adams and John Adams and would be sitting and discussing the revolution. And this is where the Redcoats would come at, at the end of their stuff and just sit there and put down pints of beer and stuff. And uh, the rumor has it is that it was literally like the British soldiers were talking about going to take the munitions out of the 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 armory in Concord at that pub and like the little busboy kid like heard them talking about it snuck out the back door ran off to Paul Revere's house told him and then off he went on the ride wow. but that place is still there it dates back to like 1760 or something like that crazy and you can still, so and that's like it's also like right around the corner from where the Boston Garden is too so it's like it's a pretty classic sure. spot to go to so probably the most well-known pastry shop in Boston maybe the country is Mike's Pastry Okay. So, yeah. What's your go-to? It's a cannoli. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Just a plain cannoli. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You just need a cannoli from cannolis. From are like so you good. Can, like you can get like the chocolate fillings and stuff like that in them, or like the chocolate cannoli and stuff. But I'd like just go get yourself a regular cannoli from Michael's. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So new segment, everybody. We're gonna do a draft. All right. I like this. Yeah. This is the product of good coaching. This is what I think. It is. Yeah. You call it a draft, you call it a rankings, whatever you want to call it. We're going to discuss the top five people we would like to have on Paper Thin Thoughts. Living or dead, realistic, creative, whatever you may want it to be. Love it. It's going to go draft style. So Dave gets the first pick. Ben, I get the second pick. Soren gets the uh, third pick and then rotate around. So Soren gets the first pick of the second round. I get the second pick of the second round and so okay. on. Dave, are, are, why don't are, you start are, are off? We, are we just reaching out for hypothetical people, or are we reaching out for, like, actual people we think we can get in here to do this? Hypothetical. Hypothetical. I mean, I have a couple realistic, but... Okay, cool. I have right, one good. realistic. Like That's a lot of pressure. Any All right, person so ever. I'm just... Who would I want to talk with? Who would I want to, like, have on to Paper Thin Thoughts that we could just, like, chop it up and talk with? Yes. Yeah. Anyone. Mine would be my hero, one, one of my heroes in, in just music production and in life, which is Rick Rubin. Nice. Do you guys know who Rick Rubin is? I do not. It's a bold move for the first pick of the draft. I'm gonna have to take some deep breaths here. All right, Soren, you're on assignment to like go and like do some reading on Rick Rubin for me. Do you know who Rick Rubin is, Ben? I do not. Okay, you both got to go do some <laughs> Rick Rubin listening. All of the teachers who are listening to this, we're gonna educate the young people. I swear, I promise. Okay. All right. All right. That's my first one. Is Rick Rubin? Uh, second pick is mine. I'm going to go with Jackie Robinson. 
there are books, there are movies, there are so many things written about him. But so we can go dead or alive too. Got yeah, it. yeah, dead yeah, or alive. dead or alive. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> but it would be so cool to sit down with the legend himself and talk about all things his career on and off the field, what he went through, maybe even like what the movies got right, what the movies got wrong. I there think that go. stuff is really interesting. So that would be a great conversation for awesome. me. For my first pick, the third or first draft, I guess. No, first pick is someone that is realistic, and I miss him very much. It is Dr. I. Oh. I would personally choose Dr. I because he's an interesting person. He's gone through a lot, and he's switched schools, and he's left the trap house. So I feel like he'd have a story about why he did that, probably the money. But there might be some personal reasons. Probably cause He'd have some good stories to tell. Yeah, I know that, that he said that he doesn't like the – the tiling of the the halls, so that sure. might be a key reason. But so many good topics. So my I'm next then, right? Yeah, you're next. Okay. Um, my second pick is someone who would make this whole thing, I'd say, a hundred times better. It's Kevin Hart. You stole my pick, Kevin Hart, because he's funny and he's, I don't know, he's short, so that's pretty fun too. But Kevin Hart, he brings some. He is comedy. a legendary comedian, a brilliant storyteller. And he has podcasts, he has specials, he gives all these talks, but whenever he speaks, it is instant gold. That would be a dream. All right, Ben, let's see. What's your second pick here? My second pick. I'm going to go with Plato, the Greek philosopher, ancient Greek <laughs> philosopher. Oh no! Um, I think it might be really interesting. So, so we're going ancient is a category yeah, if anything. we wanted to bring it forward. Got anything, it. Got it. Good. Okay. Goes. You be as creative as you want. Anything goes. I think it might be interesting to hear his philosophy, hmm. um, when it was like about how it was formed, how it applied then, and what he thinks of the world today, because that would be super interesting. That yeah. last question is one I think about all the time. Is like uh, uh, some of our like famed thinkers throughout human history. Like, what would they think if they saw where we were now? Like, I mean, fir first of all, they would just see like a, a motor vehicle and would probably just pass out from like yeah. not being able to comprehend the reality of it all. But yeah, I often think about what 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 they would think about our modern society. Sure. Yeah. What what parts would they be just astonished that we managed to create, and what parts would they be horrified by? I mean, even <laughs> if you showed a person that was alive fifty years ago a iPhone 13, that would be mind-blowing mm -hmm. to them. I think a picture mm -hmm. of themselves on a phone would be crazy. Mm -hmm. yep. It would be mind-blowing. Yep. Okay. All second right. pick. My second pick uh, would be Robin Williams. Gold. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I, like, I, grew, I just grew up on Robin Williams, like comedy. My parents introduced me to him when I was very, very young. And it, it was just like he then all of a sudden was just in everything in all of my favorite movies and i'm a kid from boston so goodwill hunting is just like you're, you're not allowed to be a, a dude who's in his midlife from boston and not have goodwill hunting be your favorite movie but like in, in particular robin williams character in that movie because like you know we we knew like I, I mean i knew him from doing serious films but like it was always there was always this element of comedic humor in it and he brought the comedic humor into goodwill hunting but he really did so through um just the thinkings of again a, another smart like f philosophical thinking character and uh 
and just the way that he talked about mental health back then i mean like that was 97 you know yeah. like i can tell you all we've come a long way in talking about mental health in in this country from when i was in high school um but i go back to that one all the time and i really think about the way that like even back in 1997 the way they were really starting to address mental health in that film was fascinating to me sure. and so i would just love to be able to tell robin, robin williams too just like the impact he made on my life because brilliant storyteller the way that he sees the world both its beauty and the the comedy in it in all of the good and the bad that comes with life like i like that man's a lot his philosophy is amazing and he would have so many stories to tell because of the experience he's had in his career he's worked on so many different projects he's worked with so many different people so that would be so cool and i think the things that he would tell you too is just to be your authentic self I mean, that's what he did. He just lived in a way that was just his authentic self. And sometimes that can be hard and to the point where, like, he suffered a little bit from it. But, you know, I think the, I think that man reached the heights that he reached and was able to tell the stories he was able to tell because he was just his, his authentic self. All yeah, the that, that reminds me of Adam Sandler. Yeah, sure. All right. You're up again. I'm up again. No, we're going to go Questlove. That's exactly who I want to talk with. I'm going to go Questlove. Absolutely. Do you guys know who Questlove is? I do. I do. I do. Okay, because I was about to have to just stand up and walk out the room then. Um, yeah, no, again, like he, he's just another one of my, uh, both as like a musician, music producer, like the craft and the artwork of what, of what I do from a, uh, on the music side. He is like... He's like my my graduate level doctoral professor and doesn't he doesn't even know it. You know, what mm -hmm. I mean, like I, I just I study the way that that man approaches his way of thinking about music, the role that music plays in culture uh, throughout our society that it, I just really appreciate the way that that man approaches music and thinks about music and as a historian and, and his knowledge of it and the way that he shares that story, th that knowledge through storytelling is just an important tradition of passing down the history of music and I would love to like a meet him, but also just follow in his footsteps and pass down an oral tradition and history of music too. True generational icon. Absolutely. Obliged to you, Ben. All right, for my next pick, this is a hard decision. I'm going to go with Benjamin Franklin. <sighs> ben with all the old people. I think that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be like, do you have one person born within this century? He doesn't yes. have anybody born this century, let alone. <laughs> Jackie's the, the, the closest we have. Okay, I love it, though. So I think that um, he wrote all these things. They're, I mean, he's more well-known than some of the other founding fathers. But because of, like, his invention of electricity, that would be genius to have on and, you know, get his perspective on where the world is now, like, right now you can drive cars with that thing that he got on a lightning rod it's brilliant i don't have i don't i don't have a career without without electricity so yeah, yeah props for the electricity alone i mean not just that he has so many more inventions that we could talk for hours and hours on each one and how it's impacted our life today and not to mention he's a founding father and that would be interesting to get his thoughts on that experience as well as what the world is today so that's it soren um my third pick i would choose serena williams love it i feel she's one of the greatest athletes of all time she is the goat she's the she's goat. insane and 
I feel like it would give a good perspective on sports, even from like just a women's perspective, and how she conquers the whole tennis side of everything. Tennis is just it wouldn't be the same without Serena, and I I play a lot of tennis, so yeah, I definitely idolize her a lot. I find it very interesting how her life unfolds. She just changed. I mean, she changed the way the game was played entirely, yeah, completely. The game got reinvented because of Serena Williams. Yes, and it got reinvented in the in like she made it her own. She took this thing that had just over a hundred year history and just reshaped it in her identity and like the kind of immense power and will you have to do something like that, especially as a black woman in America, like she is the goat. Fully agree. And to any of the listeners out there, if you haven't seen the movie on Netflix, King Richard about Serena Venus and their father, it is incredible. Very moving movie. No pun intended, but I, I mean, it tells their story really well and demonstrates all of the hardships that they went to to become the people that they are today and have the careers that have made them some of the most iconic athletes ever. There's, um, did you guys, there was an amazing stat that I saw when Albert Pujols was chasing home run 700 and Serena um, was, was closing out her, her uh, career at the U.S. Open this past, this mm-hmm. past year. Um, it was something like Albert Pujols hit his first home run the same day or something like that as Serena Williams won her first ever like open tournament match when she was like 16 years old or something like that. And then she closed out her career like basically at the same time Albert Pujols hit like his 700th home run to close out his career. Like it was just I can't, I, I'm going to try and find the stat and we'll have a tweet that we'll put up in the in the sure. episode notes Confusing like that theory. for it. But like. The, the stat of just, like, the parallel between their two careers was really... Domination for two decades. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And Pujols didn't necessarily reinvent the sport, but it was important for a guy like Albert Pujols to hit 700 home runs. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, that mm-hmm. was an important thing to happen in American sports history. Yeah. Uh, next pick, I would go with Barack Obama. He's a I mean, icon. How can he not... He can talk about. I feel like a lot Obama should be like off the board. Like it's just like we we all just collectively are gonna have like Obama as the number one slot. Like I feel like he should be off the board, right? No way. Oh, I mean, I could oh, have, I could, I could, okay. I could replace him with. Um, I would do George Carlin. Carlin, would absolutely, insanely be funny guy. Absolutely. Introduced to me a couple, I think last two, maybe a year or two ago by my dad, and we used to listen to him in the car all the time and. Like having a conversation with him would be insanely funny. Yeah, some good comedians on this list. We'd have Very some good. funny conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my second to last pick, this is not easy. I am going to go with Will Ferrell, one of the greatest, greatest <laughs> comedians to ever live. His time on SNL was iconic. People sometimes forget about like. Honestly, Will Ferrell's had such a storied career since his time on SNL. I feel like Will Ferrell was on SNL like when I was in college and just out of college. So it was like right in my prime time for SNL watching. Like sometimes I feel like people forget how iconic Will Ferrell was on SNL. It's absurd that they had him. He was so good. I mean, SNL has built so many great comedians to go along with that. His movies are iconic as well. Semi-Pro, Step Brothers. Talladega Nights, 
and more. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, Round Robin. What? Soren, what's your favorite Will Ferrell movie? It's got to be Step Brothers. Step Brothers? What's your favorite step? Ben? I like Sammy Pro. Semi pro? I like semi pro. It's just got to be Anchorman for me. Anchorman is Anchorman good. Is good. It's like just too good. Anchorman is too good. And Talladega Nights is some iconic. I mean, Step Brothers is my, is my there's next Elf. one. There's Elf. It's the, the, the list is. The list is endless. Crazy. The list is too good. All right. Old school. That's also like a Vince Vaughn thing, too. Old school. Zoolander. He and he the, had a smaller role in Zoolander, too. He wasn't the main too, in Zoolander. Right. I mean. There and there are some underrated ones too that don't get a lot of credit, but I digress. I mean, Will Ferrell as Alec Trebek in Celebrity <laughs> Jeopardy on it, it is just an unbeatable. It's just every week whenever they would do Je- Celebrity Jeopardy, you just knew this whole next ten minutes is going to be absolute gold sketch comedy. So genius, yep. Dave, round it off for round four. Since Obama's back on the table, I'm taking Obama too, and I'm going to bring <laughs> it back to podcasting. Watch me do it. Watch me do it. Um, no, for real. I, if if I could have one person onto a podcast over anybody and everybody, it would probably be Barack Obama. Because again, I've talked to you guys about how much podcasting is important to me because of the way that we are able to do storytelling. Um, it is Barack Obama is I think part of what made him such a powerful politician was his ability to tell stories, and for his ability, like he just shows clear empathy towards people to understand how to connect to their lives and to understand how to tell people's lives and how to tell the story of America. And there's a podcast with him and Bruce Springsteen called The Renegades, which is on Spotify, I believe. Maybe it's on, it might be on uh, Apple Podcasts too, but if you have Spotify, I know it's on Spotify. Um, And it's a multi-episode series um, where it's just Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen chopping it up about, like, the America that they grew up in in the 60s and the 70s into the 80s and just how much the country has changed from that time to now. And it's just like a reflection. And and it it was nice for me to be able to hear an older generation of people starting to recognize and feel those changes that are happening. And, um, and that, that for me was just really powerful because it's just, you know, Barack Obama sees us. Like, I think he genuinely sees us. And I think that's why I would love to be able to have him on because I would just want to continue to ask him to just give us such a better, tell stories and to give us a better understanding of our country, of who we are, who we aspire to be, and who we could be. Definitely. I completely agree with you. With you. Uh, quick question for each of you. If you could ask him anything, what would, it, what would, you, what would your first question be? To Obama? To Obama. Which I would probably just stumble over myself and ho and hum and er, 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 and then ch- talk about hoops is probably what I would yeah, end yeah. up doing. Personally, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm interested. I know he's a big basketball fan. I want to know what he thinks of the recent um, – The NIL rules? I would love to know Obama's well, perspective that, on but the NIL also, rules. Well, that, but also what the NBA has done and what the NFL has done with each of their platforms uh, bringing awareness to uh, – to social issues, to social yeah. issues, mm-hmm. um, in a, a way that hasn't been done before. That would be much healthier than my stumbling and guffawing over myself. So well, yeah. okay. we'll do that first off <laughs> yeah, camera, yeah, okay. and then yeah, we'll do my part. Good. All right, your last pick. Oh, I still have one more. You yeah, still have one, one more. more. Sorry, Obama. I was trying to save the best for last. I'm gonna go with a teacher, and you all need to interview Mr. Cook because he's oh, just yes. one of my favorite people. All right, Mr. Such Will Cook. A character. 
is just one of my favorite people. Um, he actually has uh, played an important, uh, influential uh, role in just mine and my family's life. When uh, my wife and I were having kids, and my wife is a teacher at Burley Moran Elementary School as well. Um, there's a lot of juggling you have to do when you're when, when you're a new parent, and they ain't lying when they tell you it takes a village to, yeah. to do it all. And um, Will Cook and uh, his husband David Waters were extremely influential members. Like outside of grandparents, it was just the two of them. And so I would love to be able to bring on Will Cook because also just that man's heart is so big, his joy yes. for life is so big, and yeah. it is intoxicating. And I just want him around pretty much all the time. So it would be fun, go. one that you could not skip. For my last pick, it's not an easy pick. I'm gonna go with Wilt Chamberlain, legendary NBA player. Is yes. this his first living? Is this his first living? Well, he's dead. Oh, he died. Oh wow. Oh, we're gonna edit that out. Do not leave me with no, that shit. No, please put that in. Do leave not leave me in. with that shit. Ben, oh put that God. in. Leave that in. Ben, leave that in. So Wilt Chamberlain <laughs> famously scored 100 points I'm an in an NBA game. On this podcast, <laughs> it's coming out. <laughs> Wilt the Stilt. Let's hear about the Stilt. Yeah. He famously scored 100 points in an NBA game in the early 60s, but there is not a lot of record that that game exists, so there are many conspiracy theories that the NBA did that as a marketing ploy, that he didn't actually score. But other than that, you know, he holds countless records in all aspects of basketball, in all categories, but his life off the court was quite interesting as well. I will not get into it right now, but it would be a great conversation if we were ever to have him on, which we won't. Heck yeah. <laughs> which we won't. And because uh, is he alive? I would not want to sit face to face with Wilt Chamberlain and ask him, did you really score 100 points? <laughs> you, get, you get smacked in the face. That smack yeah. would not feel good. I watched, I watched Kobe score 85 in a much more competitive league. I completely believe Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points. Yeah. Yeah. Soren, close it off. My final pick. Um, very, very random. I don't know if any of you are even thinking about this person. It would take kind of a dark turn, but also very interesting. It would be Stephen King. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? Like, main st- hero and champion. Stephen King would be awesome to have on here. Yes. Genius. He would be insanely interesting. That might be one we even just to. want to send an in- email and see if we can get him on. He- he's known for doing some, like, yeah. crazy stuff like that. I think we Dude. should I think we should try that totally. one. All right. I'll be so down to do that. Man, cool. just so his, listeners, whole, his whole book series is crazy. Watch out. <laughs> we may or may not have Stephen King <laughs> on this podcast in Stay the tuned, future. guys. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely a reason to subscribe. Yes. Stephen just, King. Just for that alone. <laughs> yep. Just for the radio tease alone. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Thank you so much once again, Dave, Mr. Stipe. We appreciate the time. Uh, anything else you want to say to the world? Just that i hope you all are listening and subscribing to paper thin thoughts um i'm really loving working with ben and soren on this project it's been very fun it's only going to get better we're going to get into really cool stuff and talk about things throughout the whole year i know that we're all kind of excited to talk about like ncaa tournament things and super bowl things and food food and experiencing some food and stuff so yeah, and also when I scheduled this podcast last time, I brought ice cream, fellas. So this is this is a little bit of a weak show in the area. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll step it up. No, but uh, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work on this thing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. This is now the highlights, Ben. 
What are your thoughts on that previous conversation with Dave? That was a lot of fun, I'll tell you what. Very fun. I think we're going to continue with that format. It's very flowable. But nevertheless, let's get into the tweet of the week. Ben, what do you got for us today? Ali Colbert, uh, a writer, comedian for SNL, Fallon and more, said this. I wish I could Google search my own mind and just type stuff in like, what are my favorite movies or what was the name of the last place with good egg rolls? Things like that. Dude, if I could like have that in my mind to like remember anything, there's been so many times I've just blanked, just shot a blank every single time. And if I had a search engine just in my mind. I think that would be pretty clutch. What would you use? What would you search most often? What food I ate last or what restaurant I went to and describing like such a good taco. I'd be like, well, where was it? And you go, oh. Yeah, when I'm trying to tell somebody a story or something and I forget an important detail, that would be a really useful tool to have. Agreed, agreed. Well, something that I can remember or that we could both remember, remember is quotes. Sure can. We <laughs> There are so many quotes, and we got some today. This is the Guess Who Said It, where I asked Ben who he thinks said this quote that I'm about to read. And we got two today. Let's see if Ben can go two for two as per usual. I'm ready. First quote is, either Will Ferrell or Adam McKay. This is part of the movie Step Brothers. Very, very funny film. Ready? One time I wrestled a giraffe to the ground with my bare hands. Ben, who said it? I'm just imagining this scene, trying to s- figure out which one of the actors could have uh, done it. Mm-hmm. I think it was Will Ferrell, um, and that was his type of character, too. Like, uh, you know, that's the type of character that he plays. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I can imagine him doing this sort of crazy action. Are we locking that in? Locking it in. No switching? No switching. It was... Adam McKay, Ben, you are 0 for 1. Let's see if you can bring it back with the second quote. The second quote is either by Walt Disney, a businessman, or Stephen King, a horror story author. Who is also potentially a guest of ours. Oh, we, we hope. But here's the quote. Optimism is a perfectly legitimate response to failure. I'd say that's Walt Disney because... His company was so successful, and you know, businessmen have uh, mindsets like that where if the first, if the second, if the third company doesn't work out, there's still hope for the third. And um, so that's why I think that it is the Disney founder himself. It okay, Ben, I'm giving you the opportunity to switch so you can at least get one. Are you switching? No, switching. It is Stephen King. You're over oh. two. I think I have the reasoning to why it's not Walt Disney, or at least your explanation. I think if someone fails a business, they're not going to want to be trusted with another business. That's what I'm thinking. Well, if a business, there's a difference between a businessman and an entrepreneur, and True. Walt Disney was both of those. And I think that any good entrepreneur has to have that kind of mindset. Like so a backup plan mindset. Like a backup plan, or you know, just shrug off any project that didn't work, things like that. So, Okay. Well, nevertheless, you went 0 for 2. First time ever. Let's see if you can claw it back next week. Hope so. So for this week's uh, quick question of the week, we have a question that is derived from something Owen Lindsay asks. 
It is what is the most recent movie theater movie you saw in the movie theaters, uh, and what was that experience like? Was that movie good? Soren, you want to start us off? So the most recent mo- most recent movie I've seen in a movie theater was The Woman King. I saw it at the Alamo where they bring the food to you. I feel like that automatically boosts the experience because you feel like a little bit a little bit more comfortable in that environment. But the movie was about a all women army like army section of a huge society in Africa based in the 1800s and they were fighting against another like civilization that was partnering with the British for the uh, slave trade so it was very empowering and it showed like these insanely skilled women fighters taking out like a whole town and I don't know it was just very good the cinematography was good the lines were good it was there was humor in there so it was nonstop action too, so it's all around a very good movie. I recommend. Awesome! I can't remember specifically the last movie I saw in theaters, and you know, shame on me, I guess. But that's where that search engine would come in come in handy. That is where that search engine would come in handy. But one movie theater experience I remember uh, recently or not so recently is that there was a fire alarm going off during one of my our movies so we all had to evacuate and uh only got to see half of the movie and they gave us a voucher to come back a different time but that was quite a disappointing evening sounds tragic you don't remember like when this was what year at all i I imagine it was sometime during the pandemic but i can't remember for sure gotcha perfect well let's pick it straight to the kids in the hall What is up, PTT listeners? Storm Postals here. I'm here with a, a returning guest. Lily Pepper. And Lily, what are your thoughts on pineapple pizza? Oh my god, pineapple pizza is so good. It's my favorite flavor. Um, the best kind is Domino's cold pineapple pizza. You have to try it. You can't say anything if you haven't tried it. And what would you say to all those people who don't like pineapple on pizza? They're just missing out, and you know they actually like it. They just don't want to admit it. Thank you very much. This has been the Paper Thin Thoughts Podcast. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. We would appreciate a rating and remember to leave us a question that could potentially be answered in following episodes. As always, I'm Soren Bovisils, accompanied by Ben Rikosh. Keep up the thin thoughts and stay tuned for next week's episode. Paper Thin Thoughts is produced by the Charlottesville High School Podcasting Network. Executive producers are Jen Horn and Dave Stipe. Senior producers are Ben Rikosh and Soren Povisils. This episode was edited and mixed by Dave Stipe and Ben Rikosh. Music is produced and created thanks to Jacob Lightmorn, Ms. Waters, and the CHS Music Production Team. Thank you to Mr. Rashad Pitt and the rest of the CHS faculty and staff for the support. Bang, bang. PTG out. Thank you.